This is Atma Bodha, episode 89. The title of today's podcast is The Crown of Glory. And I consider this to be an extremely important topic. Because without this crown of glory, true enlightenment is not possible. And it goes by many names. It goes by many names according to various traditions. It could be called crown of glory in the more Christian tradition. In the Jewish mystical Kabbalistic philosophy, it's called Kether. In Hinduism, they call it the Sahaswara, otherwise known as the crown chakra or the thousand-petaled lotus, which also crosses over into Buddhism. So, first of all, why is this concept of crown of glory so important? Well, number one, when you have this activated, your mind is in a perpetual state of bliss. You have complete equanimity of mind. Nothing external has the power to disturb your state of mind or to unsettle you or to trigger you or to offend you. Also, it's your direct connection to the absolute, the truth, the one living truth, God, if you will, the source, the creator. It's the one, the one God that exists beyond form and of which the entire material universe is infinitesimal in comparison to the immensity of this glory. Now, why is this important to understand this concept of the crown of glory? Well, when you are choosing a path to follow, whether it be a teacher who claims to be enlightened, whether it be a spiritual tradition, a good indicator on how truly enlightened that individual is, is whether they have this crown of glory activated and they acknowledge the importance of it. Just to cite an example, I know Ramana Maharshi is revered quite extensively and he has the greatest intention and he's found profound peace and coming from a place of love. And I admire him for that. And I have full respect for Ramana Maharshi. But in regards to the crown of glory, to the Saswara, he didn't really pay much importance to that. In fact, he regarded it in his own words as some kind of an inferior chakra or something. So, Ramana Maharshi I don't regard as truly enlightened. And not only that, but he claims to peace as being a highest form of enlightenment. And I would have to disagree with that as well. Because when you were experiencing this extreme form of bliss in your mind, it's undeniable. And there is no way that you would call it simply peace.
So those who have this crown of glory activated, they are empowered individuals. You have a lot more power than someone who does not have this crown of glory activated. Whether you call it the Saswara, whether you call it the Thousand Petal Lotus, it is a prerequisite to even be able to understand and acknowledge that the Absolute even exists. Now, if you were to look at restaurants, for example, and you want to know what restaurant that you want to eat at, you've got restaurant critics, you've got reviewers on apps like TripAdvisor and Yelp or Google Reviews. And that's how you can know if a restaurant is good or not. Unfortunately, the same cannot be true for spiritual paths. And what typically happens is that people don't really know or can't know for certain how wonderful a spiritual path is unless they follow that path for themselves and have a first-hand perspective and judge from the first-hand experience. But when you have the eyes to see and you understand the importance of the crown of glory, then when you measure someone's level of enlightenment, it really helps to weight that, that score to understand how genuine and how advanced that person is. The other reason, of course, that knowing about this crown of glory is so important is because that is what is the secret to enlightenment. So if you want to be fully liberated, to have that moksha, to have that perpetual samadhi, that nirvana, opening that crown is vital for that to happen. In fact, it can't happen without it. And so on this video, we're also going to talk about techniques, practical methods to how you can open that up. Because once you do open it up, it's like your head emerges out of the water that contains confusion, the sharks of confusion and doubt and other negative mental afflictions like anxiety, your mind becomes immune to those things. It's like your head is now above the water and you're liberated from these external effects. And your heart is still there and you still feel love and you still feel empathy, but your mind is liberated. So let's talk about how to make that happen for you. This is a relatively advanced con concept here. Ideally, you're going to want to work on your heart first to be able to get to that loving place to feel that love in your heart. But it doesn't have to go in that order. You can open the crown first. It's possible. With the absolute, everything is possible. And that is something especially important about activating the crown, about opening that crown, it can't, be hap it can't happen without direct 
grace of the absolute. In fact, the absolute itself is what initiates that. So if you want to experience it, it's about first preparing your mind so that the absolute can be if can come down and and you're not closing yourself from that so you, so the first step is to have a receptive mind that means a mind that's open and is willing to receive this grace from the absolute from god from source from the creator from the one living truth however word you want to use to describe this unifying force of nature but this same force is what love is also an emanation of so as it comes down from above and by the time it reaches your heart that is love and the same also happens from your heart up to the absolute so how to prepare your mind well if you did what i did which is not recommended you have to spend more than 25 years through various methods and experiences and it's a long process and fortunately there's an easier way and so what it is that i'm about is perpetuating the ultimate philosophy whereby your mind once it is coming from this unlimited place it becomes much easier for the absolute to come down and inspire you and so how to prepare well to reach an unlimited mind that involves removing your self-limiting beliefs and misconceptions about yourself to not identify with the superficial version of you otherwise known as a false ego and instead you conceptually at first understand that you are more than your body that there you are unlimited inherently that there is an infinite potential within you there is a spark of unlimitlessness a divinity within that's already living within you and it may be deep buried deep and it may need excavation and you may need to work on yourself in order for that to come forth but to start with that initial conception that you are unlimited that then opens the door to further experiences to occur and one of the first steps besides having removing your limitations is also to recognize that it is attainable that this is achievable it's not just some crazy idea that works in theory but not in practice this is something that is genuinely real so what are the steps have a receptive mind to 
remove limiting beliefs, to recognize yourself as unlimited, to recognize that there's more to you than what you've experienced thus far in your life. There's more to you than how your teachers see you. There is more to you than how your parents see you. There's more to you than how your friends see you. Nobody can see the depths of your authenticity. You are much more than anybody has any idea about. Not even yourself. You are so deeply undercover that even you have forgotten how amazing you are. Now, it is important to learn how to focus your mind and to have some level of control over your mind. Now, this, this doesn't mean that you must dominate your mind and go to war with your mind because that will create a whole other set of problems. But instead, you befriend your mind, you love your mind, and you learn to focus your mind gently. Now, when this enlightenment experience happened for me, I focused my mind to a pinpoint, and I found that to be very effective. I also focused on what's known as the corners of the breath, and that means the space between the inhale and the exhale, and the space between the exhale and the inhale. And just silencing the mind in this way, with my fingers in the chin mudra position, which means completion, being stubborn in that. And even if you don't feel complete, Chin Mudra is about affirming to yourself, yes, I am complete. My mind may be deluded. I may not experience this completion right now, but I know deep down there's a part of me that is complete. And that is the true you. And so like unpeeling layers of an onion, that's what the meditative process is about. In fact, I regard it as a process of authenticity, like an advanced security algorithm where you need to reach a certain level of security clearance, where you need a background check. Just like if you were going to be given nuclear launch codes, they would have to do an extensive background check on you and then you would need security clearance and then if you even had the security clearance just going into certain sections of a restricted building they would need to maybe analyze your eyes or fingerprint scanners and facial recognition and all of that well obviously on a spiritual level it goes even deeper than that because coming from a place of limited ego you're coming from a smaller place than who you really are deeply. So by doing methods like this, it's less about a method of enlightenment and more about a method of reaching the core you, your authentic self, to unravel this tangle of, this tangled web of limited ideas about who you think you are. There's parts of you that need to heal. There's parts of you that need to be expanded. To the parts of you that need to be able to accept yourself as worthy enough for this gift. And so in the meditative process of focusing your mind, and there's different techniques of doing that. You can do 
focus your mind to a pinpoint. Some people like mantra meditation. And if you are more of a, from a religious background of Christianity or Judaism or uh, Islam, you can use whatever holy scripture that you want to focus on or focus your mind in whatever way you feel is conducive to your particular religion, if that makes you feel more comfortable. But the idea is being able to focus your mind and be able to empty it of thoughts and to be receptive. And focusing on breath helps. Focusing on the corners of your breath helps. Focusing your mind on the pinpoint helps or even just a limited um, words in your head, whatever holy words are comfortable for you. But the idea here is you're focusing your mind. And so in so doing, you are becoming more sincere. You're learning to not identify yourself by what you think, to not identify yourself even by the emotions that you may feel, but you're approaching it in a sacred way, like what you're doing is something very, very special, like embracing your beloved or embracing your children if you're a parent. And in so doing, what you're also creating is the idea in yourself that every second that you are breathing, you're doing something sacred, that you're acknowledging the sacred in every second. And in so doing this kind of meditative practice, you are being receptive to that crown at the top of your head and to any sensations that you may feel there. And if it's your time, the absolute will make its presence known and you will feel exactly what I'm talking about, or at least a taste and over time it will become more permanent and my gosh we're already starting to run out of time here but we can talk about this in more detail in future podcasts but yes the important thing is let's just to summarize learn to focus your mind empty your mind of thoughts but not in an oppressive way, not in a way that makes you go to war with yourself, but in a sacred way to be able to love your own mind because your mind is an important tool and it will get you there to the top and it will stay with you after enlightenment because believe me, you're going to need your mind. It's very important. It helps you to communicate like I'm doing right now. But to go further about the Sahaswara, the kings of old, they would wear a crown on their head. So there is a sovereignty involved with that Sahaswara. It affirms your individuality and the sovereignty of the individual. And we are running out of time. But again, a true individual is about activating the crown feeling love in your heart, and everywhere you go, being an embodiment of unconditional love and bliss. And in so doing, we can 
help awakening the hearts of others and inspire other minds. This is Atma Buddha signing off. Until next time, peace and love.